0: than it was on Sunday. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray that you will help us tonight to preach with clarity and and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And Father, if, if, if if there's one here, if there's dozens here that are about to make a change and a commitment, just speak to their heart and let them know it's okay, and God's here, and he loves them. We pray your blessings upon all that are here in Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen, all the church says. Amen. Got some ringing up here if you guys can, can deal with that. So one of the, one of the most uh, interesting stories in the Scripture is in the Old Testament. Is actually, I don't know what you're doing to me. Get rid of the ringing, not me. Okay. So, and, and it's, like I said, it's in the Old Testament, and it's, and it's the story about these two goats. Some of you probably don't even know what I'm talking about. Let's go to the Scriptures in Leviticus chapter 16, begin reading in, in verse uh, 6, and we'll talk about the scapegoat. We often talk about scapegoats. And it came from this scripture is where the the, uh, word came from. Uh, Aaron, the high priest, is to offer a bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. A little background is this is the day of atonement. Once a year, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, and he would sacrifice a bull, and he would sacrifice a goat, for the forgiveness of the sins of the people. Aren't you glad you live in the New Testament? I know I am. Killing goats is not my thing. But he would make atonement for himself, first of all, because he needed to get purified before he could conduct the ceremony for the rest of the nation to be purified. Okay, everybody following me? It's going to get a little deep in here. Just pull your pant leg up, and you'll be fine. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. That's the tabernacle. He is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord, and the other for the scapegoat. One of the goats is not going to end up too well. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by lot as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Aaron shall bring the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. He is to slaughter the bull, okay? He takes a censer full of burning coals from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense, and he takes them behind the curtain. Now, you may not know what's going on here, but he's going into the Holy of Holies. They only go in there once a year, and only one person can go in there once a year. They don't, even, they don't even let the maid go in there to clean up. No one, no one goes in there. In fact, that incense, the reason he has two handfuls full of incense, and of course, Jewish tradition, it said that he would go in sideways. Because if you look at the Ark of the Covenant, you could die. It was a dangerous occupation being... A pastor back in those days. So he would go in sideways with his handful of incense and he'd throw it on the charcoal, on the coal thing that he also carries. I don't know how he did all that. And what would happen is smoke would come up, a dense cloud of smoke from the incense, and that was the cloud covering so that now he could walk into the cloud and minister before the Lord. In other words, he was coming before a king. Back in those days, you didn't just walk into the king's throne room, you had to have an invitation. How many know what I'm talking about? You can't just, even today, you can't just go see the president. I'm so tempted to say something. <laughs> My wife's over there. Don't, don't do this, don't go there. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe you would. But you can't just go see him. He wants to see you. You have to have an invitation. Well, this is the Ark of the Covenant. It represented the very presence of God. And you can't just walk in willy-nilly. You had to have a cloud of incense that would cover this as you walk into the holy of holies. But listen, aren't you glad we live in the New Testament? Aren't you glad you can come into the house of God, into the very presence of God now? You don't need a cloud of God. Oh, my God. But can I give you a little hint right here? If you really want to get close to God, get in the cloud. Now, I know some of you don't know what I'm talking about when I say get in the cloud. But I'm saying if you want to get into the presence of God and you already have an invitation I said, you're already, you already have an invitation to see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but here it is. If you want to get in there, you need to maybe have a have a song on your heart. You need to have a little worship in your. You need to be pray the best way to come into the presence of the Lord is exactly what we just did. Let's spend time worshiping him, adoring him, magnifying him for he is the Lord. It's the way in to the presence of God. Is everybody getting what I'm saying? Good. I'm not even through the introduction yet. God help us. Jesus. So only the high priest can go in? It was the day that all the sins of the nation were dealt with. I want you to get something right here. It's a technicality, but listen to what I'm saying. It wasn't that God forgave their sins on the Day of Atonement. God would push their sins He'd push them forward another year. And then the priest would come next year and he'd push them another year. And he just keeps pushing them every year. Oh, come on, church. You know where that leads to. At some point, Jesus the Lamb, amen, was crucified on the cross and all those sins pushed onto him year after year, century after century, until finally he is there on the cross and all those sins were were placed upon him. Not only that, but God took all the sins from the future. Because because you ought to be shouting right now because your sins weren't dealt with the day you accepted Jesus. Your sins were dealt with the day he died on the cross. He knew you would sin, and I know some of you were perfect and haven't sinned. But those of us that have sinned, he pushed all those on him from the future and from the past, and he pays the price. You understand? Sin has a price. Look, just that you know it just in the natural. You know anger has, adultery has, come on, pornography has. All these things have consequences. There's a price to be paid. Aren't you glad Jesus paid the price? As the priest goes in he takes off all his regal beautiful garments and he puts on just linen just white linen Whew. the reason he put on white linen is so that he wouldn't sweat because there should be no sweat being in the presence it's it it doesn't depend on your effort Whew. and also that white linen was it was the it was the, the dress of the common person. You see it all in all the movies, right? They wear these, this white robe, men and women, right? Well, the priest would put on common clothes, and that you know what that signified? That signified Jesus taking off his royalty and putting on flesh, born on Christmas Day, and here he comes in his linen. Oh, Jesus. So... The rest of the scriptures, he simply sprinkles the blood on the mercy seat in this cloud of incense. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having what? What did I say about entering? Only one man once a year in a certain way could come in. But the writer of Hebrews tells us, now we have boldness. Woo! To enter the holy place, the most holy place, by what? The, not, not the blood of a, of a bull or a goat, but by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil You know, there was that veil, that curtain between the holy place and the most holy place. And in Jesus' day, I think, if I remember right, it was like 70 feet high in the temple, this huge curtain. It was like three feet thick. I mean, talk about a curtain. That was a curtain. And when Jesus died, the Bible said that that curtain ripped. Quit preaching ahead of me. You know what the problem with this church is? You can't preach anything they don't know already. <laughs> it was ripped. You say, well, yeah, somebody ripped it. First of all, it's three feet thick. You're, you know, I don't care if you're a bodybuilder. You're not going to rip that. But it was ripped from the top down. Can you imagine the priest coming in the next morning? Higher than this, and the whole thing is ripped in half. I'd have got on my knees and... Believed in Jesus in that very moment, wouldn't you? Amen? Wow. Okay, next verse. And having a high priest, Jesus, over the house of God, let us what? Draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Amen and amen and amen. Look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Let us therefore come... Boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When you pray, you are literally doing what only one man could do once a year before. Aren't you glad you live in the time you live? All right, so there's two goats. <laughs> and by the way, why goats? I think it's because they stink. Goats stink. Oh, come on, if anyone's been around them. And I think that's why he uses a goat, because sin stinks. And goats are stubborn. Come on. Jesus talked about separating the sheep from the goats. He knew about church people. Oh, don't act like you don't. I'm not talking about any of you. (laughs) You can tell the difference because sheep are just like, bah, bah. And goats are, but, but. Every time you want to do something, but. Yeah, but. (laughs) Goats are ornery, stubborn, independent. But sheep will follow a good shepherd. Can I get an amen? So the first goat is killed. That was the price that was paid for their sins that year? Simple to understand that. Uh, Leviticus chapter 16, verse 22, The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities for that year to an uninhabited land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. That's the second goat. So the second goat, this is neat. The priest would lay his hands on the goat's head and he would confess the sins of the people from that year. That probably took many hours. (laughs) And he confesses all their sins and he lays his hands on the head of the goat as if to, wow, as if to transplant those, transfer those sins on the goat. Now, remember, one goat's already died for it. But the sins are still there, just the price is paid. So he puts his hands on the other goat, confesses the sins, and another man will lead the goat out to a place where nobody lives, an uninhabited place in the wilderness, and let the goat go. He gets to go free. Okay? How many are still with me? Say, Pastor, this is a weird sermon. I know. Just be good. Did I? Uh, Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely he has. Ah, hello, goat. He's borne our griefs. He. Carried our sorrows. We esteemed them stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. That goat, both goats, represent Jesus. Jesus on the cross, and Jesus resurrected. Taken our sins far, far away. A- anybody got me here? Anybody got me here? Let, let's jump down to Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12 because listen when that listen that goat goes way out into the way it goes where nobody lives nobody's ever going to see that goat again hello no one's going to see your sins again no one's ever going to bring them up again in fact some of you need to stop bringing up your own past and beating yourself up look at these scriptures in Hebrews chapter 8 at verse twelve. just look at it. <laughs> it's real easy to say. you know you know guys, this is a strike too, so it's... should I pick some other scripture? Or... The point I'm trying to make from Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12 is that your sins will be remembered no more. You say, well, he's God. He doesn't forget anything. He chooses to forget your sins. Oh, my God. Isaiah 38 and 17 talks about he casts all your sins behind his back. (laughs) Glory to God. Micah 7 and 19 says he casts all your sins into the sea. That's pretty deep. That's miles deep, and they're never going to be seen again. One of my favorites is Psalms 103 and verse 12, and it says, As far as the east is from the west Now, I want you to notice something. He didn't say as far as the north from the south. (laughs) Because north to south, you can get there. But east to west, if you keep going east, you just keep going east. Come on. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? You just keep going. As far as east is from the west, That is, impo- there, is no di- there is no distance between east and west. It is forever. I, I, listen, somebody needs to hear what I'm saying tonight. God has not only forgiven you, he's cast your sins in the sea of forgetfulness, and they are gone. Gone. Not only that, the influence is gone. Their sins will never be forgiven found again. Isaiah 53 and 6. I know there's a lot of scriptures. Hopefully they can keep up. Isaiah 53 and 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on Jesus, laid on the goat the iniquity of all of us. Wow. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24. Who himself What? Bore our sins. Have you missed those little words before? He carried it, just like that goat. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were, you were healed. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. For he made him who know, who knew no sin, talking about Jesus. To be sin. He didn't just forgive sin. He became your sin. Who never sinned. This ought to blow your mind. Who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That goat was innocent, but all the sins of the nation were put on its head. Wow. Luke 24, verse 46, a lot of word. Then he, Jesus, said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Now, I want you to understand, Luke is a little different than the other three gospel writers. And and in fact, it's a little different from even the way we talk about salvation because today, what do we emphasize? We emphasize, my sins have been forgiven. And we talk about coming to an altar and asking God to forgive you as if that's all it is. But Luke doesn't talk a lot about forgiveness. Luke talks a lot about remission and it's a whole different word and that word remission i kind of like i kind of like it in the english too he puts you on a different mission he remissions you but the word remission doesn't mean forgiveness you have to repent but notice there's no mention of forgiveness here though he does forgive us but here's the power of salvation that word remission means to separate to completely disconnect, to set free. In other words, you aren't just forgiven of your sins, you're separated from your sins. Didn't Jesus say that he came to deliver us from the power? How many know sin has power? Come on. We talk about addictions. We talk about all kinds of things. Sin has power power, but we weren't just forgiven. We were set free from the power. Oh, come on, church. We were set free from the power of sin. Give God a praise right now. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I like this new platform. I got a lot more room. Someone said you could do a lot of helicopters. I said, forget that. I can land a whole plane. I'll be doing more walking now. Aren't you glad you're set free from your sins? John chapter 8, uh, verse 34 and verse 36, uh, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Wow. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Say it with me, we shall be free indeed. Acts 26, verse 14 and when all when and when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me. This is Paul talking to um, talking to a king of He's witnessing to him, and he's talking about the day. How many remember when? Not that you're that old. That God knocked Paul off his horse. Okay, he said. So he heard me, and I, I guess Hebrew must be God's language. <laughs> he spoke in Hebrew. Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. Jesus is dead. But he rose again. I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. Wow. But but rise and stand on your feet, for I've appeared to you for this purpose To make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. One more verse. To open their eyes, say to open their eyes. Turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins, and an inheritance. So four things real quick. He's going to open our eyes. Did you ever try to tell someone how good it is to be a Christian, and they look at you like, I wouldn't be that in a 1,000 years. I don't see any advantage to it. Their eyes. How many know it's good? How many know it's good? To be a child of the king. Amen. Whoo. Glory to God. Been preaching this a long time. (laughs) Believe me, it's good to be a child of the king. Number two, to release them from their sin. Right? The power of sin. Number three, to forgive them. And number four, and we forget this one, to bring them to their inheritance. Jesus doesn't just save you so you can go to church on Sunday morning and feel good about it. He saved you so that you can enter your inheritance. Did you all know you have an inheritance? I don't know if it's money or not, but you have an inheritance. There is a bank account in heaven with your name on it, and it's full of every blessing and answer to every question A healing to every disease. Glory to God. Everything you would ever need. why, God, it's all in the bank already. You just have to learn how to get your inheritance. You can't get inheritance unless somebody dies. Do I really need to preach that anymore? I think he did. I think he did. My God. So we have the two goats. Let's, 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 come on, worship team. So we have these two goats, the scapegoat led out into the wilderness. He doesn't, he doesn't come back. It's interesting. You remember in the scriptures when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. They were out in the wilderness, as it were. And John was baptizing people. And, 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 what, and we miss this little thing in the Scriptures because here's what it says. When he baptized them, or before he baptized them, before, after, whatever, it doesn't matter, but as he baptized them, they would confess their sins. Maybe we should go back to that. That'd make baptism much more interesting. But here comes Jesus. And the Bible's very clear about this. He said, when John baptized him, it said he came, and he came out of the water and straightway, say straightway, he never confessed anything. He didn't have anything to confess. But it said straightway, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Is that not the scapegoat? Wow. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he's in the wilderness, symbolizing what he would actually do on the cross. He's the goat that dies on the cross, and he's the goat that's set free on Easter Sunday morning. Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Jesus. Oh. Thus saith the Lord, I died for you. I do not say this to place guilt on you. I say this to set you free. I want you to know I love you. Your sins had a price. The devil demanded payment but I died for you. I paid the price. You're free. You're free from the power that used to hold you, bind you, and blind you, saith the Lord. And now I am here in my house. My hand is on you. Can you not feel it? and i want to completely set you free and bring new life and joy to your heart and to your home and to your life saith the lord give him praise and give him an amen hallelujah hallelujah